0: Alright, welcome to our proper first episode of A Healthy Debate So, you have me, Adam Hamid, and I am a personal trainer from Manchester And we also have with us...
1: Uh, Blair Solberger, uh, registered dietitian I'm from the United States that's it. that's it, that's yeah. it, he's
0: just a registered dietitian <laughs> yeah. <I'm>
1: yeah. universal
0: <laughs> So... What we're going to do today is we have a topic around plant-based nutrition and so we didn't really know what direction we want to go with because plant-based has so much going with it and so what we're going to do is we're going to talk a little bit about the pros and the cons and you know we'll do a deep dive into more one side versus the other side some other time. so you've got more episodes to come back to and so... I guess, which which side do we want to start on, Blair? The good or the bad?
1: Um, I mean, it's always nice to start positive, I guess. Let's go there. <laughs> okay. So why? Oh, actually, before we even go into
0: the positives, what is actually a plant-based nutrition, uh, a nutritional diet?
1: Right. So I think that we already are getting some confounding possible answers just off the first question. So in current... Definition: Plant-based means you only eat plants.
0: That's how people. Th- that's what people think it means.
1: Right, but that's not what. So it the, is. the the current media that's that's what plant-based means essentially vegan. Right. Um, devoid of any animal products. Plant-based truly means that your diet is predominantly made up of plants. Um, and and even from there, I think we can go a little further, which. I think often in the media, people think plant-based means you just eat vegetables, essentially. Yeah, when well, not grass. You know, right. Well, all of our carbohydrates, for the most part, are plant-based. There's very few non-plant-based carbohydrates or sugars. Um, milk would be one of the very few examples of a non-plant-based sugar. But... Um, Essentially, potatoes, rice, all your wheats and grains, as well as what people people traditionally think of as vegetables, meaning, you know, our leafy greens and reds, the the full spectrum, would be plant-based. Right. But you can eat
0: meats in a plant-based diet, right?
1: Correct. Okay. Um, So so like carnivore would not be a (laughs) plant-based diet. Of course not. So um most
0: people who think plant-based involves only plants would have it wrong. So why do people think that it's only plants?
1: Um I'm not sure, so I've looked into the history a little bit just to, and obviously with something like this where it's a kind of transient definition it's it's really hard to nail down an effective history. From what I've gathered looking into this topic Um, people, veganism is, is supposed to be extensively a lifestyle more so than a diet. So vegans don't wear leather. They don't use honey. You know, it's no animal products of any kind throughout the lifestyle. It's more of an ethical decision. Whereas plant-based is more of a focus on the nutritional quality. And it's, it's been used to interchangeably with veganism to mean the same thing, but ultimately plant-based should mean that your diet, like we said, that your diet is mostly plants. Why it's become – I think it's like just kind of a misuse of a trend. Okay, plant-based sounds good, so I'm going to say like I'm a plant-based whatever, athlete, etc. So, um, you know, I think it's just kind of one of those things people – misused the term and now it's just been taken and ran with
0: Well, would you not say that most people in a day-to-day life are probably plant-based because unless they're carnivores they they you know they do have a fair amount of plants and you know a, a little amount of meats don't get me wrong like people probably don't eat enough plants but they're probably more plant-based than they think they are right
1: yeah and and i would even argue that Most people tend to overeat low-nutrient, high-calorie plants, which causes weight gain and diabetes symptoms and things like that more so. I mean, do I think people overeat low-quality meats? Absolutely. Um, But like we talked about earlier, sugar is predominantly plant-based, comes from either beets or sugar cane. That is part of a plant-based diet, you know. So that tends to be something that people – gravitate towards eating in high volumes and is maybe not the healthiest relationship that people have with certain mm-hmm. foods so you know i think oftentimes plant-based is, is used interchangeably with healthy
0: i remember when our, our one of our friends um he w- had his first vegan bodybuilding client and he tried to help them find proteins in a vegan diet and he he struggled because of how much of it is predominantly carbs? To be fair,
1: or fat, but yeah. Um, and I've I've said this to quite a few clients. I you know I work with some people who are vegan and or wanting to become vegan, and there are no pure protein sources in the plant world. Um, now, what does that mean it, for the
0: people who don't know what that means?
1: Yeah, so. There's no like if we take a look at the animal world, things like lean chicken breast are 97, 98% protein,
0: as in will absorb 97, 98% of it.
1: No, not even that. Like c- the content of it, of a chicken breast, 98% of that calorically is protein, and 3% of it is fat, 2% of it is fat. I'm with you. So 130 calories of chicken breast provides 25 grams of protein. Whereas when we look at plant proteins, they are predominantly carbohydrates or fats by calorie or weight. So to get the same, you know, 25 grams of protein from beans, we're looking at close to 300 calories worth of beans because the amount of carbs and fiber that they contain. Same thing with chickpeas or lentils. A cup of beans is 212 calories, give or take, and is roughly 14 grams of protein. So... You're mostly carbs with some protein. You're mostly fat with some protein. There's nothing that is highest in protein compared to carbs or fat in the plant world. I mean, that's what I mean by being a pure protein source.
0: So they would need a considerably lot, a lot more calories than we do to be able to get a decent amount of protein compared to us.
1: Or just a lot more diligence. You know, I think their meals would have to be more specifically structured to have a high protein content to avoid going very high in calories. Um, you know, so I don't think they necessarily need to eat more calories to get there, but there's a little less freedom to achieve. And, and so just to even like dial it back slightly, I, I think we will plan on having an episode diving more into protein specifically. But... This is depending on goals, obviously. You know, the the average person only needs about one gram per kilogram of protein. Um, So you can get that pretty easily depending on body size on a vegan diet. If you're talking about bodybuilding, athletics, you know, working out regularly and you're pushing that number to 1.5 or 2 grams per kilogram, now we're getting into a little bit of a struggle and some diligence to get enough protein on a vegan diet
0: and we are talking more performance-based as well around a vegan diet here, you know, not your general, you know, um, person who just works in an office then goes home and has a vegan lifestyle. You know, we're talking from a more performance aspect because people do tend to need, you know, some form of protein to be able to, you know, recover enough to be optimal to be able to perform. But um, I guess vegans one side of it, but obviously there's vegetarianism as well.
1: And And omnivorous diets. I mean, like we said, you can eat meat and be plant based. Case in point, myself, you know, I eat meat, but 70, 80% of my diet comes from plants. Most of what I eat is grains, vegetables, beans, legumes, things like that. And I have about four to six ounces of meat per meal to go with that, which percentage wise is. 10 to 20 percent of my diet you know it's not a it's not most of my diet
0: so a a pure plant-based diet would be 80 percent plants with about 20 percent um room for meats and other things
1: give or take i think that you know 80 20s you know it comes up a lot in health and fitness because they're nice round numbers it's you know four-fifths to one-fifth but um yeah, it, and so I guess plant-based would be anything more than 50% of your diet coming from plants because the base, the bottom you know, percentage of it would be plants. But yeah, I think generally I explain to people that roughly 80% should come from plant sources.
0: Okay, so let's talk about some of the trends now because a lot of people seem to be turning a lot more plant-based these days. And I completely get it from an ethical standpoint. You know, um, you know they have meaning behind the reason why they're doing it. And they're not just doing it for the nutrition side. You know, they change a lot of things in their life to support a lot of things that they care about.
1: But what about the people who are doing it for weight loss now? This is not a knock on the plant base even in and of itself. I think switching to a single diet specifically for weight loss is already a missed opportunity. I don't care what the diet is. And, and we can have an episode on every single diet on the planet, I'll say the same thing. It doesn't tackle the behavioral issue to just jump on board a diet. If you do see success, it tends to be simply paying attention to what you put in your body, something you likely weren't doing before. So why are people able to, well, we already know the answer, but let's explain it
0: anyway. But why are people able to drop more bo- more weight going I guess strict plant-based going into all plants only um, versus what they're normally doing
1: because they are subconsciously cutting out high-calorie, low-nutrient foods because they aren't allowed on. It's a restriction. It, it, you know, weight loss is a form of restriction. Whether it's time, calories, plants, meats, whatever you're restricting, you are cutting out one of your larger sources of calories somewhere. And typically, you know, I'm no longer going to fast food restaurants because they don't all have impossible burgers or plant-based items. You know, I'm no longer eating a pound of red meat every week because I'm not going out and getting steak for dinner as my cheat meal. Um, So it is a subsequent attention to what I'm putting in my body by putting restrictions on what I'm allowed to eat.
0: And and I go back to what I said before about, you know, if you're doing it for an ethical purpose, there's absolutely nothing wrong with it. But a lot of people are doing it on the the mishaps of what they hear these days of, oh, well, you should be plant-based because of this or because you shouldn't do that or because this is good or this is bad. And one of the biggest um, ones that seem to have spread some information and some misinformation is a netflix documentary that a lot of people would have seen but one that we're familiar with because a lot of people ask us questions around it is one called game changers now if you do choose to watch it because you've heard us now talk about it all i'd say is take the information with a pinch of salt and you know just do some more due diligence into um what you're reading and what you're hearing because most people will turn around and just watch something on tv and presume they now know information and I could say it like I am doing right now that doesn't necessarily mean that I'm 100% right just the same way those movies are not just because you have Arnold Schwarzenegger and some other people in a documentary does not mean everything you hear is golden and so I guess we'll start with What does Game Changers represent? You know, it's a documentary designed to make people see why there is a further benefit in eating plants. And I don't have a problem with that. I think that is fair. And I think plants are great. And I think we should eat more of them. But I think where the documentary creates a a stir, and it does it very well, is it does it at the demonization of meats. Now... I guess shall we start with what's probably one of the biggest misconceptions about meats, Blair?
1: What? That meats are unhealthy?
0: <laughs> it causes cancer, right?
1: Oh yeah. I mean and I think even just like leading into that, I think I mentioned earlier people think plant-based means healthy. And, you know, meats are seen as causing cancer. I think in this documentary, no, is in what the health which was a similarly like vegan propaganda film, in my opinion. Um, They stated that meats cause type 2 diabetes, animal fats, things like that, you know. And to Adam's point, documentaries are not altruistic. They are not there to just benevolently give you information. There's an agenda. They were paid for by someone. They were funded by someone. The person writing, directing, filming, everything has an agenda and ultimately it's a movie to make money. Um, So it's not a free and totally benevolent source of information. Real science, reading studies, things like that, shows both sides and reports the data whether it's what they wanted it to be true or not. Ideally, you shouldn't want anything to be true when you're conducting science. You should just be seeking the truth. What documentaries tend to do more than anything, whether they're actually giving incorrect information, or omitting data that doesn't support the information they want you to believe in, both are examples of misinformation for an agenda or a or a narrative.
0: Yeah, I think the biggest thing that they missold was meat's are bad while plants are good, and they showed some um, false representations of that. And like I said, from an ethical point of view, I have no problem with people, you know, becoming a strict plant base where they only have plants. But if you're doing it because, you know, Arnold said it in a documentary, then, you know, I think you need to reevaluate what you're doing <laughs> because I guarantee you Arnold did not look the way he did when he won Mr. Olympia because he was plant-based. So, <laughs> you know, same goes for all the other athletes in the documentary. And actually, I was, I was invited to an interview with some of the athletes from the documentary And um, I'm sure that episode's somewhere on Spotify now. But, um, you know, some people were... So I questioned the athletes and they just, um, you know, shunned off my comments and they didn't want to really answer them because they felt like I was against what they were offering. But I have no problem with them being vegans. What I had a problem with them were promoting it without actually revealing their true history which was they weren't always vegans and so if you're going to promote you're this high level athlete you know tell everyone the truth of how you got there not about you know oh i've been a vegan all my life when that's not necessarily true and now misrepresenting what everyone else could achieve just so that you can make a bit of cash
1: if you took the same story and had someone lose a bunch of weight and then did a commercial for McDonald's and said, oh, I lost all my weight eating McDonald's every day. And that came out as untrue. McDonald's would be under fire extensively for false propagation of information. That person did not lose that weight eating McDonald's every day, they lost the weight and now can eat McDonald's every day and maintain their weight. That's different, you know, and that's kind of what Adam's talking about is, Almost every, if not every athlete in that movie did not build their career as a vegan. They became vegan. They felt healthier. Their blood markers improved. Whatever it is that occurred. And that's the other thing is feeling better is not data. It, don't get me wrong. If you switch to a diet and you feel better, that's wonderful for you. But because I switched to this diet and I now feel better doesn't tell me anything other than you changed how you ate. And is not data supporting that veganism makes you feel better. That's a wonderful side effect, wonderful benefit. But it's not like this athlete did it and he feels better. So it makes everybody feel better. That's anecdotal information and should be taken, as Adam said at the beginning, with a grain of salt.
0: You could wake up on the right side of the bed every day and go, oh, I feel great. And every time you get up on the left side of the bed, you don't feel great. That doesn't mean it's going to apply to everyone. And so, you know, like Blair said... You we just have to be a little bit careful when we listen to these things of people saying, oh, I felt better this and I felt better that. And you might temporarily feel better, which is fantastic. And if that's the way of life you want to live for the rest of your life, then I'm all on board for you to do these things. But when you're doing it temporarily for a quick fix, you know, uh, January is now called veganuary. You know what I mean? Where people become vegans just for one month. Did you know that?
1: No. No. I did not know that. Did you not know
0: that? Yeah, that's a real thing. It's called Veganuary now, where you attempt to be vegan for a month. And again, if it's for an ethical purpose, I'm all on board for it. But if you're doing it just because it's a trend, what the hell are you doing with your life?
1: I think that's, you know, and this will be a common topic across all of our episodes because it's something I firmly root my beliefs in, which is... There are no angels and demons in health, fitness, nutrition. And that tends to be what people want to do is this equals good, that equals bad. You know, gluten is bad, avocados are good. Um, Vegan, plant-based is good and meat is bad. And there's always, and then the opposite, you know, I want to defend meat. So meat is good and plant-based is bad. And it, it creates this duality of extremes as opposed to, can't we be mostly plant-based and then eat some meats? You know, can't we like both gluten and avocado? You know, so for some reason we need these very extreme standpoints of like, oh, well, this one thing said meat causes cancer. So nobody should eat meat and I'm going to vilify anybody that does. And, you know, essentially meat is bad across the board. And it's like, Plants can be great for you. That doesn't make meats bad for you. And it it really gets kind of tiresome having to fight back and forth against this, you know, anglicizing and demonizing of things.
0: Yeah. And I think uh, that's where we wanted to go with the conversation of, you know, we're not against plants. We think plants are fantastic and people should eat more plants. But you should also know on the flip side of things, there's people who will sell it out there in a bullshit way saying that it's the be all end all and it's going to fix all your problems and that's bullshit and you know people will say that it's going to do this for you it's going to do that for you it's going to cure this it's going to cure that there's no guarantee any of this stuff works in the way that people are saying and I'm not against you trying it if you've if you feel it's the right thing for you then go for it but you should never do it because someone else got a result and you think you can achieve what they achieved. It never works like that. Everything is personalized and I think we have to remember no matter what type of diet you do, what you're doing, whatever you're doing, whenever you're doing it, understand that everyone will always achieve different results and so there's good things about plant-based but there's also a lot of misinformation about plant-based as well and so we just have to understand from this conversation that don't believe everything you hear just cause you know, Dorothy on your doorstep told you
1: damn Dorothy. <laughs> My take has always been, if you want something to be true, your job is to go out and find out why it sucks. And if you know, so we have a confirmation bias, we do it mentally, I think I'm fat, so I'm going to look for information, whether it's the mirror or my clothes fitting or anything that confirms that the way I believe, I feel or the way I think about myself is true. We do it with information. I want veganism to be good, so I'm going to find all the research I can supporting veganism. And that's only one side of the story and it's a side that you are seeking to be true. And so we will ignore anything that has the opposite to say or anything other than praise towards what we want to be true. So my job, if I think something is good is to find evidence against it. And if I still believe it's good, like I can poke holes in that evidence. I can, you know, accept that it has flaws, which everything on the planet does. I, okay. You know, veganism has its faults, but I still like it. And I still think that the good outweighs the bad I'm in. You know, and I think no too few people do that. Where it's like I'm gonna dive into every any anecdotal blog post, documentary, whatever I can that says this thing I want to be good is good, is just fuel to the fire of how good it is. Looking into things and just some examples, if you are interested or have watched Game Changers and really enjoy it, um, Lane Norton Bio Lane has a like forty something minute video on YouTube where he debunks some of the information there scientifically using research really prominent nutrition researcher named asker you which is j-u-k-e-n-d-r-u-p i believe um he has a write-up on it about you know his take on some of the research and things like that if you just search asker you game changers he has a nice article on it that kind of briefly refutes a lot of the claims in there so with references you know so it just gives you the other side to the story. Here's the research behind it. You know, maybe try to prove yourself wrong every once in a while and see if you still believe what you believe.
0: I think my biggest point from this episode is, you know, if someone swears by what they're doing and that there's no faults in it, I'd be questioning it even more versus believing everything that's coming out of their mouth. If some if they can't tell you the cons of what they're doing and there will be some whether they want to admit them or not but if they're not willing to share them there's probably more wrong in the background than you think
1: right if it sounds too good to be true it is
0: it definitely is <laughs> not probably it definitely is
1: and that's the thing is people that can't defend something with all its faults and flaws or feel that any fault or flaw is a slight against its efficacy Essentially, I think it typically stems from they have laid their foundation on that thing. It is an identification with who they are as a person. And if there's any chink in the armor, it threatens their security. You know, and, and a lot of times we see that with veganism because people identify as a vegan. They don't eat a vegan diet. it is who they are. Um, you know, And so when you place your identity in something so strongly, it can be very threatening for someone to not buy into it as hard as you do.
0: Well, I guess because it's as you've just said, it it is part of their identity. And so therefore, you know, if they identify as a vegan, when somebody wants to say something bad about your identity, you will take that personally, because they're attacking you, not just what you believe in. And so you know, it, it's a hard conversation because if people feel that strongly about something, they will be offended. But like like we said at the start, hence why we did the, the goods about it first, you know, that it's not all bad. It's just sometimes people have to be careful the way they want to talk about these things. Because if you come across culty, you know, like a cult, you probably, without realizing it, you might be acting like... you are in a cult and therefore you're probably without realizing it are putting more people off than you think
1: and i just use vegan as an example you know i know plenty of meatitarians i'll call them they eat omnivorous diets but they're so zealously for meat eating that you know same thing they're very defensive of that you know i know plenty of vegans who They just eat how they eat, and they don't care what anybody else thinks. Exactly. That's fine. You know, know,
0: veganism's been around a lot longer than people have known about it.
1: I think, actually, as a movement, it came out in the 40s. Did it? Yeah. Um, It's it's funny. That was one of the things in the, um, like, refuting of game changers was i think there's an argument about the gladiators or something in there i saw uh, that
0: i remember that. and
1: it was basically like it was total garbage the gladiators were not vegans or, or they were plant-based by our definition they ate a lot of plants legumes beans to fatten them because the more fat they had the less likely it was you were going to cause a fatal blow but you know they weren't devoid of meat eating they just ate a lot of plants But yeah, modern day vegan started November of 1944, Donald Watson, um, non-dairy vegetarians to discuss the diet and lifestyle. And that was when the modern day vegan movement started, 1944. I think cultures and places have been plant-based. You know, I think that there's a lot of non-animal eating cultures and tribes, but the identification as a vegan is newer than people think. But, you know, and that's one of those things where people will say things like, oh, it's been around for thousands of years, not necessarily true. And that's where, like, if you can't give me an exact history or an exact data or information that's concrete and you just use things like thousands or tons of, like, that's anecdotal or incorrect. If you want to argue a point, you need to have data and concrete information to back it up and not just... I think, I feel, I believe, you know, or generalize it to, like I said, thousands, tons of, you know, hundreds. Those are are not inexact and they weaken your argument.
0: You know what? Like, I forgot to quickly touch on, you know, how people will talk about a lot of these um, ways of life as quote unquote healthy. And so, you know, it's important to recognize um, as much as these I am going to call them a diet for the sake of this conversation because that's how some people do use them. You might not live that way, but some people will live that way. So these diets can also be unhealthy. I mean, you can go to McDonald's and get a vegan burger these days. Would you still class that as healthy? Because, you know, and when I say healthy, and I'm not talking about there's good versus bad, but, you know, if you're going to use the word healthy and say oh like veganism is healthy guess what you need to understand there's also processed versions of what you're eating as well and so you have to understand um like I said I don't think anything's good and bad but there is a balance between there's processed and unprocessed in everything that you choose to have and no matter what way of life you want to live through your food you can still have as much processed one way as you can the
1: next Right. Being plant based does automatically mean healthy. Oreos are vegan. There's no animal products in the production of Oreos. And even still, I don't think, I think it's a matter of context. I don't think Oreos in and of themselves are healthy or unhealthy, but most people would consider them an unhealthy or processed food. One or two Oreos, not unhealthy. A sleeve of Oreos, unhealthy. Even still, they're low nutrient density, high calorie for what they are, for the volume of food. It's vegan, you know, those processed burgers are predominantly soy isolate and and they are not whole foods, you know, so just saying plant-based equals healthier, you know, I've encountered quite a few people who all they eat are processed items, vegan bars, vegan burgers, vegan, and it's like they were getting little to no whole foods and they were falling victim to the package saying vegan or made from whole foods. And it's like something being made from whole foods does not make it a whole food. And so we we run into these marketing loopholes that plant-based and the word whole food automatically equals healthy. There's always a deeper dive. Your diet, and I use the term diet in the traditional sense, which is what you habitually eat, not a um, short-term like weight loss or restriction. Your diet is defined by the content, how quality it is, et cetera, not the overarching label that you give to it being vegan being keto being omnivorous being whatever does not a healthy diet make it is what's the quality and the content of whatever falls under that parameter
0: i think we'll go deeper into this in another episode because we could talk about this all day i know we could (laughs) absolutely okay blair where can everyone find you
1: I can be found most readily on Instagram, which is Blair.Solberger, which is spelled S-O-L-B-E-R-G-E-R. I'm pretty sure if you just type that in, you'll find me, but it's Blair.Solberger underscore M-S-R-D. I don't have notifications turned on, so I might be a little slow to respond. Um, You can also email me at Blair.Solberger at gmail.com.
0: I'm sure I'll be much quicker to respond. (laughs) Um, Yours is easier. (laughs) (laughs) you can find me at a underscore train coaching and that stands for adam underscore train coaching but it's just a underscore train coaching and uh i think i currently i don't know if i will be in the future i'm wearing a blue top with my arms on my hips um and my email address if you would like to contact me is a dot train coaching at gmail.com We will be building an Instagram page for our podcast. So by the time you probably watch this episode, it should be up. So you can search up a healthy debate and you will find our podcast if you'd like to give us a follow on there. And that will be run by me and Blair. And so hope you guys have enjoyed this episode. Uh, We're not for or against anything. What we want to do is we just want to label out that There's pros and cons of everything. Not everything that you see is good and not everything that you see is bad. And that's mostly what we want to call like debunk, really. We want you to see the bullshit in the truth and the bullshit in the lies. So we're here to just basically talk about things so you can see all the evidence and make your own choice. And that's about it. You got any last words, Blair?
1: If there's two extremes, the truth is somewhere in the middle. And I don't mean it's exactly in the middle. It could lie closer to one extreme or the other, but very rarely, if ever, is the truth in the extremity. It typically lies somewhere as a culmination of all those facts or a little less severe than people want to make it out to be. So if something sounds extreme, something sounds too good to be true, try to find some middle ground with it. Look look deeper and find something that, is a little easier to digest and swallow rather than buying into the extremity.
0: Why is the middle of Manchester and Washington?
1: Um, I guess right about where the Titanic sank, wouldn't it be?
0: <laughs> I would have said New York or something.
1: All <laughs> right. Bye, everyone. Yeah, take it easy. A healthy debate runs purely on fat and is completely free of banned substances. This episode was edited by Blair Solberger, so if it sucks, blame him. The next episode will be out in a week wherever you get your podcasts. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at A Healthy Debate or on YouTube at youtube.com slash at A Healthy Debate.